This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Michelle Bonds from the Mustang Heritage Foundation. And I'm Alex Caput from the Mustang Heritage Foundation. And you are listening to the monthly Mustang Heritage Foundation episode of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for May 4th. This episode is brought to you by Mustang Heritage Foundation. Good morning, Horse World. The first Tuesday of the month is all about America's horse, the Mustang, hosted by the Mustang Heritage Foundation. So today we're going to do things a little different. We've got um, a great guest coming up. She has an amazing story. So we are going to go straight to our guest. And um, we're going to talk to Abby Illenberger today. She adopted a Mustang from the 2020 California Extreme Mustang Makeover. Um, she's going to tell us firsthand about what that was like. Um, so let's get to it. So welcome to the show, Abby. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so let's just um, get started right away. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved with Mustangs and how you got snooze. Well, it was a funny thing. I trained with a um, a woman named Sherry Pentaha who won Sam Van Fleet's Los Angeles Mustang Roulette in 2019. And so I saw her journey, and Sherry has a bunch of Mustangs um, at her place. And I was starting to feel ready to add a second horse to the mix and had always been drawn to Mustangs. So I said, you know, Sherry, if whatever comes up that, you know, comes your way or anything like that, just let me know. And maybe, you know, I'll come check it out. So, of course, you know, when you set these things into motion, um, magically a horse appeared. And she said, hey, so I've got this Mustang here that I think would be really great for you to at least come check out. And I'm like, awesome. Let's go. Let's do it. And she said, well, there's a catch. <laughs> and the catch was that it was, she was obviously an extreme Mustang makeover horse. Um, so I was like, what is that? Um, and she's like, it's the same thing that I did with my horse, how I got roulette last year. And the whole thing kind of felt super overwhelming. But the best part was she was out here in California. So I did get to meet her. Um, I instantly liked her. I liked her size. I liked her demeanor. I didn't ride her or anything because she had only been with Sam for maybe like two weeks. Um, and then I just followed her journey. And that was in July or very early August of last year. And the auction wasn't until mid-November. So it gave, it was actually perfect because it gave me a lot of time to lay my plans um, to encourage my husband to agree to all of this. <laughs> so we, um, I set that plan. I just kind of built off this plan and, you know, I followed her journey. See, I'm so incredible with how um, she, she videos everything and shares everything on the social media platforms that she uses. So even though I wasn't there to, um, you know, to be with snooze all the time, it was a very, unlikely way I ever imagined that I would get a horse. Um, having, having Sam post and share so much of that journey really, really helped. And then having, you know, my trainer have already gone through this experience was really, um, super helpful too. Um, so yeah, it was, it was very unconventional. And I, if you had told me 
this time last year that I would be where I am now, I totally would have laughed at you (laughs) because it was just, I think it had to have been just the fates coming together um, and making this all happen. So that's kind of, that's kind of how I got, got introduced to snooze. There was snooze or bust. Like it was snooze (laughs) or she was the one I, I had my sights set on her and I tried to talk myself into um, being okay with not, um, not bidding on any other horse. Um, I really said, you know, don't, don't feel like you have to come out of this with just any horse because there was something about snooze and that relationship that we had from that very first meeting that told me she's the one. Yeah. So, um, tell us, tell me a little bit about, um, because yes, the extreme Mustang makeover, the horses that compete in extreme Mustang makeovers are required to then also go through the extreme Mustang makeover auction at the end of the event. So tell me a little bit about that and bidding on snooze and preparing for that auction and, and, and then tell, especially the moment when you actually, you know, realize, okay, she's mine. She's coming on with me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So much. So, so, you know, I, I I don't typically like auctions. I'm a, a person who's like, just tell me how much you want. And either that number works for me or it doesn't. Um, so that I really had to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And I had months, the months and months to kind of just really wrap my head around the idea of the auction and that she wasn't mine and it wasn't a done deal till it was a done deal. So um, I was really nervous that I would mess the auction. Somehow I would mess the auction up. And I'm one of the thing. Well, I think one of the things I was most grateful for is, you know, if looking at Sam and she, Sam took her all over. She did clinics everywhere, and I got to follow that journey. So there was no doubt that that Snooze had a following, and I'm really, really grateful that I went into the auction knowing how much of a following and a fan base that horse had because it didn't allow me to get complacent. It really made me kind of bring my A-game so much so that I contacted, because it was a virtual auction this year, there was that the online auction house. Um, so I actually reached out to them. I called them, I don't know, like a week before the, before the bidding opened up and just was really transparent with them. And I'm like, I'm really nervous. I'm going to gooch this somehow. And so much is riding on this. Everybody who knows me knows that I've been gearing up. I mean, I had her stall ready like months before I even got her because I had this one stall. I wanted her to have it. So I was ready to eat that cost if I didn't bring her home, but I wanted her to have the best place. But things were starting to to line up um, and I just didn't want to lose because I, I messed the, the bidding process up. So the auction house was fantastic. They gave me the best advice. They hosted um, for for myself and for a couple other people, they hosted, they opened up like a, like a fake auction where we all got to bid and and play around with the bidding. Um, And I think the thing that really, really helped me too is by contacting the auction house and talking with them. um, They, she let me know. She's like the bidding. I think for me, California time, I think the bidding was going to close at 10. Like I think it opened, I don't know. I think it closed at 10 my time on a Sunday and the, the gal from the auction house told me, um, she's like, hey, I want you to be prepared because it's not, you're probably going to still be bidding an hour after the close of auction. And if I hadn't been prepared for that, like, that's like, that was like marathon training, right? Like know how awful it is mile 20 because 
that happens to everybody. It was like, hey, just so you know, this is going to go well past 10 o'clock. So I was prepared mentally. Um, my family had food. We, I made sure that my laptop had batteries, all of the things. <laughs> I had all of this done. So that was really, really helpful for me from a virtual standpoint was to be prepared for that bid because every time somebody would bid, it would reset the clock, I think five minutes or something. So we would get down to like nine seconds left before the auction closed. And then someone somewhere would bid on another horse and it would open the entire auction up again. But because I had prepared um, and I really put the time in ahead of time to really understand the actual bidding process, I was very, very, very prepared for that. Um, it got a little hairy. Like her, pri her price started going up big time. Like it just cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. But I had an idea of what I was comfortable spending top dollar for her. And... Um, and I think I, I gauged it really well um, as far as I wasn't surprised that she went as high as she did because I had done my research too. Um, I, I, you know, followed, you know, the other horses that Sam had trained and what they went for and kind of followed that trajectory of her popularity as she's becoming more widely known um, in, in the, in the Mustang world. And I, I nailed it. I think because, I don't know how I nailed it. I nailed it because I worked, I did the homework. Um, and I also nailed it because I think I got lucky, <laughs> if that makes sense. And also I'm crazy and, you know, got my husband to agree to spend ridiculous amounts of money <laughs> on a horse I've never ridden. <laughs> you know how that goes. I think we all do. I think we can all say that we've uh, been in those situations before. So it sounds like you had quite the journey to even get snooze. But once you got her home, you know, what were the what were the next steps? I mean, a hundred day horse, a lot of people might kind of shy away from that. Um, but in your instance, it sounds like snooze came into your life and, and you hit the ground running. Kind of what were those next steps? What did what did you do once you got snooze home? Well, the first, I, I wouldn't have been able to bring her home. I'm not, I'm not a seasoned horse person. I've had horses off and on every decade of my life, starting when I was five, but by no means do I consider myself a trainer at all. I've only really been really back immersed into the, the land of horses now professionally for about four years. Um, and I, I work with kids and we do basic horsemanship. Everything's from the ground, um, stuff like that. So I just want to be really clear too <laughs> that a big part of me bringing her home and embarking on this journey was knowing that I had the support of both Sam, no matter where she was in the country, but also sharing my trainer here in California. And so I, I had a real honest talk with both of them and said, I'm doing this, but I can't do this. If I, if you guys aren't, you know, I need to count, be able to count on you guys. You're my, you're my tribe. And they were all in for it. So um, I got her, let's see, I, it took her about a week I got her about a week after the auction closed. We all came to see her. She stayed up at my um, trainer's house for, I don't know, three or four days. Sam stayed and kind of showed me the ropes and, you know, talked me through some things and showed me how she did some things. Sam was very gracious and saying, look, how you do things is going to be how you do things. So don't try to do it exactly how I do it. Find your own style. She was very gracious and and handing over the torch and just being like, you're going to do it different than me. Find your own groove. Um, so I took her home. I had her for about a week and instantly felt completely overwhelmed. 
I felt unworthy. I was like, what have I done? Not because there was anything wrong with snooze, but we don't have a round pen at our barn. And so much of the work that snooze had done was in a round pen. Um, I'm trying to lunge this horse and learned that how I've been lunging horses this whole time was really probably not the, the best way to do it. So I had to start, I was like, oh my gosh. And the pressure of not wanting to mess up this perfect this perfect thing, you know, was, I felt a lot of pressure. So I called Sherry and I said, I'm having a moment. I feel like I'm doing everything wrong. And Sherry was so rad. She's like, come on, bring her back up and we'll do a lesson. So we did a lesson. Um, and Sherry just walked me through everything and just was fantastic and, and was so gracious in, in how she communicated everything with me. And I had a feeling, I had a feeling Sherry was going to say, leave her here. And so she looked at me and she goes, I want you to leave her here. Leave her here for a week. She said, it's not training for her. It's training for you. So I left Snooze up there and um, it's about 30 minutes away. And I came every day and Sherry worked with me every day and really just got, just gave me the confidence because I, you know, I, with horses, I, being authentic is so important. And with Mustangs, it's paramount. Like if it's important with the quarter horse to be your authentic self with a Mustang, it's essential. <laughs> and so I wanted to be comfortable and I wanted to, to just show up the best that I could. So I left her there for a couple of weeks and brought her back and we had a great time. Once I brought her back, we found our groove and we've been kind of grooving ever since she's, she's fantastic on trail. Um, she's, you know, her arena work, she we're working on steering and things like that. But, um, but she, she's, just sweet and calm and kind. And whenever I go up to, to train about every, once a week, usually I'll, I'll take her up there and we'll, we'll work on whatever we need to work on. And, um, and that's how I've been able to do it because I have the support of, you know, my trainer and Sam and, um, and I'm stubborn. So, <laughs> you know, I just try to, I think, put all those pieces together and, and that's kind of, where we are, that's where we are today. Every time we talk to folks um, that have adopted or, or purchased, you know, they talk about the the support system that comes with getting one of these horses. And, you know, I think that's something that's very unique to us. And so I'm very glad that that's the experience that, that you have had as well, Abby. Yeah, I had to find it. I had to find it where I, my barn, where I'm at, you know, it's, she's only Mustang here. And there's a lot of people who have different thoughts about Mustangs, right or wrong, whatever you can't, you know, you can't change people. So I kind of knew right away if I was going to do this, I was going to need to really insist upon the support and it would, that it would come from outside, which means, you know, more gas trailering once a week, more time, all of that. But, um, but I kind of knew that going into it and, um, you know, that was, I factored that all into everything. So it wasn't a big surprise when I brought her here and found, okay, that's what I need to do. Cause I'd already kind of planned for that. So, but, but it didn't come easy. It didn't come easy. You know, it, um, it's definitely been, been, oh, it's something you have to work at to find the tribe of people who get what you're trying to do and who, um, are open to what you're trying to do and, and open to just, giving you the space to, to go on the journey. And my, my inner circle is supportive to beyond. They are absolutely, you know, absolutely supportive. And I couldn't do it without the support of like my family, my kids, my trainers, 
my my best friend, you know, <laughs> like they all they all are so so important in in making this a positive journey because there's hard days. Today was kind of a hard day. <laughs> I was like, great, I'm having a hard day and I'm going to be on this call. But you know, not all days are perfect. But um, but every day, every day I learn something new with that horse, and and it's it's something that I'm super grateful for for the opportunity. I really like, um, Abby, that you've mentioned a couple of times kind of finding your tribe, because I feel like this is something that's so important in, you know, as a horseman to find your people that you're comfortable with, that you feel like, okay, I can admit that I'm having a hard day. I can admit that I don't exactly know what the next step is and then I need a little help. And I think that's really what sets us all up for success, no matter what level you're at as a horseman, um, to continue to get better. So I, yeah. I absolutely love that you continue to kind of mention that and reiterate that. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big part. I couldn't do, do it without them. Obviously, if if money was no object, would you bring another Mustang home? Oh, in a heartbeat. I don't think I would ever get another horse, another breed of horse ever again. I don't. I mean, I love my, (laughs) I love my quarter horse. He's the greatest in the whole world. I love him to pieces, but there's nothing like a Mustang. And now that I, now that I've lived it, oh, I can see why this is addictive for people, all the different personalities there's just a heart to him. It's indescribable. I know you guys know what I'm talking about. I thought that I knew what it was before I did this. It's kind of like when, when you, you babysit, you know, Oh, I've been babysitting my whole life. So I have a pretty good idea of what being a parent is going to be like. And then you don't know until you're a parent. It's like that, that kind of the same thing with a Mustang. Like I've always read about Mustangs and kind of kept abreast of Mustangs and been kind of a, a big cheerleader for Mustangs. But it was not until I had my own and we're like every day, it's like, wow, this is, um, you are unique. And I, I, I would absolutely bring if, if money was no object and time and space was no object, 100%. I don't think she'll be my last Mustang. Um, I, I see more in my future, uh, for sure, because there's a heart to these horses that is, it's just next level. If they're just they're just special and it's, um, it's hard to find the words to even describe it. And I hate to, I hate to define it because I think the thing that is so amazing about the breed is that they're indefinable because they just have the, this element, you know, the moxie, I don't, that's the spirit that's just in their souls and it all presents differently with everyone. So yeah, Mustang, I'm team Mustang. (laughs) I'm Mustang for life. Well, Alex and I love to hear that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, what do you kind of, do you have any um, goals coming up or, you know, with snooze or anything that you guys are working on right now? Yeah, I want to get our, so my other, so I've got, I've got my quarter horse and he is like my arena boss but trails a little bit tough with him. He, he comes, he goes out one way and comes back a little hot. And so it's not always super fun to ride him. So snooze is my obvious trail horse, but I have a big, I don't want a horse that just does one thing. And so it's really important. I like all around horses cause I'm not a, like a big competitor or anything. I, I like to have fun. I like to carry a flag for like our local little tiny little events that we do or if there's barrels out there, we can take 30 seconds to go around those barrels. That's fine. Just I like to have a lot of fun and do a lot of different things. So um, 
I'm really happy. A good, a good friend, my neighbor's daughter is leasing my other horse. I never thought I would lease a horse, but it has been a beautiful relationship. So she's taking care of him and really making sure that he gets the love and attention that he needs. And in doing that, it was one of the smarter things I did um, because it's really allowed me to just put all my focus and attention in these last five months to snooze and kind of figuring out what direction we're headed in. Um, she will make an absolute fantastic um, uh, trail trail competitor. Um, so obstacle course kind of stuff. Um, so I was just talking with Sherry the other day and um, she goes over like teeter totters and weird, scary things hanging down and water buckets and stuff like that. She does all that so well. So I think my goal in the next six months or so is to try to get into some kind of at least one competition to really showcase, um, showcase that amazing side of her. She's just got a really good, good head on her shoulders and she's, she's pretty bomb like that. So that's kind of some stuff that I'd like to work on. I really want to bring out more of her arena work, um, steering and things like that. Um, you know, we, I want to, I want to dial some stuff in there. Um, but also just enjoy the summer going on trail rides like we do, because there's nothing like, there's nothing like riding in the Creek here in Southern California at dusk, you know, <laughs> with your friends, it's just the best. So continue doing that, having fun and, and kind of staying on top of pacing with her and just making sure that we're, that we're still doing the things that we need to do in a time frame that works for her and a time frame that works for me. Still getting right. to know each other. You know, right. it's not even, it's been five months. We got to, we still have some time before. I remember with my other horse, I think it was like about two years before I was like, okay, got this. I gotcha. Okay. So we've got some time and I don't want to rush it. Yeah, of course. It sounds like you have a, a good plan moving forward. And I mean, riding through the creek at sunset sounds amazing, honestly. So, <laughs> Is there anywhere that, um, I know that you have, um, your, um, business, the harmony with horses. Is there somewhere that folks can follow your journey with snooze? So I have, um, I do have a website that is being built as we speak and it's harmony with horses, S J C like San Juan Capistrano harmony with horses, S J C.com, which will be up here very soon in the next couple of days, week or so. Um, and then I am on Instagram and it's 21st underscore century underscore cowgirl. And that's my Instagram account, all things horse. I had to get a separate horse account for Instagram just because I would probably drive people crazy. <laughs> so I've got my personal one and then I've got 21st century cowgirl. So that's where people can find me. I always answer questions. I had a lot of people reach out who followed. It was, it's been really interesting, um, especially in the last, well, since I got her, I'll, people will reach out and say, you know, oh, I bid on her. Or I fell in love with her. And I'm so glad that you got her. I was so sad that I didn't get her, but I'm so glad that you got her. So she's, she's a little, she's a little star in the uh, EMM world. It's, it's pretty rad. It's kind of funny to have like this pseudo celebrity horse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I so we love gotta, that. Yeah. We got to keep our, we got to post our journey for the fans. They got it. They love seeing it. So, and we love sharing it. 
Well, we will definitely be following um, you and Snooze's journey. Um, thanks so much, Abby, for joining us today. Um, we really appreciate it. And we look forward to seeing where you and Snooze go. Thank you, guys. We appreciate everything that you do. And we can't wait to support you guys more and be an ambassador for Mustangs everywhere and for the EMM and for the Mustang Heritage Foundation. All of it. We are, we are, um, we're yours for life. <laughs> We are glad to hear it. Thank you so much, Abby. Are you ready to change a life today? When you support the mission of the Mustang Heritage Foundation to help bring more Mustangs and burrows home, you change the life of a Mustang or burrow by helping them find a life outside of holding. Since 2007, the Mustang Heritage Foundation has brought home more than 16,000 Mustangs and burrows through innovative programs and events that help showcase the heart, versatility, and grit of Mustangs and burrows. Despite our success, nearly 50,000 Mustangs and burros still remain in holding, waiting to find their forever homes. Donate today and help change the lives of even more Mustangs and burros at mustangheritagefoundation.org slash donate. So Alex, we've got a lot going on coming up over the next few months, um, kind of the whole summer. Kind of following up on what Abby was just talking about in her process of going through the uh, adoption auction for the EMM last fall, we are very excited that the uh, bidder applications for the Kentucky Extreme Mustang Makeover uh, are online and will be available for viewing this week. So we're very excited about that. Um, it's going to be a very similar format to what uh, Abby described uh, in the online bidding process for those horses. So we're really excited. Yeah. And one thing that I think um, that's really neat that Abby touched on during her interview is the fact that a lot of these trainers share sort of the whole journey of their horses from the time they pick them up until they actually compete and then go through the auction on social media. So if you are interested in a horse, if you go online, you should definitely go online check out the horses. And if you find one that you're interested in, you can reach out to that trainer. You can find them on social media and you can really follow like the entire training process and journey of these horses. You know, while we are very excited for the uh, auction, we also have some other uh, upcoming events for uh, horses that have already gone through the training programs, you know, EMM and TIP. And um, we've got some upcoming open shows, which we're real excited about. Uh, we have our May virtual open show, uh, and those entries will be closing this week. So be sure if you're going to compete that you get that in. Uh, and then we also have an in-person open show at our Oklahoma City. EMM. Isn't that right, Michelle? Yeah. So this is really exciting. So we are having um, an open show during our Extreme Mustang Makeover in Oklahoma City. Um, the Oklahoma City event will be our first event back in person. So we are so excited about that. And then to just have this additional open show to, to bring in even more Mustang folks. Um, we're really excited about that. It's um, the show has um, is $5,000 added. Um, there's different classes, different divisions. So anybody with any BLM branded Mustang or Burrow can compete. If I were you, I would do the open show in May, get prepared, and then enter the open show in Oklahoma City. It's open to any BLM branded Mustang or Burrow. They do not have to have gone through any of our MHF programs. So if you've got a horse or a burrow with a brand on their neck. We encourage you to participate. Uh, and yeah, an extra 5,000 added to the pot makes things a little sweeter for sure. 
Yeah, that's definitely for sure. And speaking of Oklahoma City, um, like we said, the Oklahoma City event will be our first event back in person. Tickets for that will be going on sale very soon. So you'll definitely want to be there. I, I feel like, Alex, Oklahoma City will be the place to be in August. Am I Absol- wrong? Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. We're going to have uh, the the whole State Fair Park jam-packed full of Mustangs and, and people that love Mustangs learning about them. Uh, it, it's it's definitely the place to be uh, in August. Uh, and another really cool thing, you know, if you come and you attend the event, um, there's the opportunity for you to take a horse home yourself. Uh, we're actually going to be offering uh, an auction. It's going to be a hybrid where we'll have the online bidding like what Abby just talked about as well as an in-person auction. So if you can't be in Oklahoma City, uh, definitely be sure to, to watch the sale. It will be online as well for you. Yeah, exactly. We hope that you can make it to Oklahoma City, but if you can't, um, you can still participate. You can still watch the event um, and watch the auction and participate in the auction. You can find the Mustang Heritage Foundation at mustangheritagefoundation.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for Mustang Heritage Foundation and Extreme Mustang Makeover. You can also follow Horses in the Morning on Facebook. Just search for Horses in the Morning. You can have all of the Horse Radio Network shows with you where you go with our free app for iPhone and Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. And here's to hoping you get to bring a Mustang home. 